Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The thing is, to trick ourselves into thinking we're always giving our partners exactly what they need all the freaking time is absolutely putting blinders on. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory Today, my friends, we are going to be talking about sexual satisfaction. I am here with the love of my life, the woman I have been with for 20 years. What I was just I saying mean? that to somebody today. It's crazy. What up, homie? I've got a question for you. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. It better be about sexual satisfaction. <laughs> if you don't feel sexually satisfied, how do you tell your partner? Okay, so, well, I will speak for myself. As with all things... Direct, simple, and supportive is the right way to go about it. Because you want to talk about, you can put someone on edge real fast with this topic. Um, So you need to be clear. You want to speak up for what you want. There's no way to get the life that you want unless you're willing to articulate it. Which actually, by the way, the one thing I will say in sex education class that they taught us in Tacoma, Washington, if you're not ready to talk to your partner about sex, you're not ready to have sex. Really good advice. I thought that was fantastic. And I remember thinking at 16, yeah, no, I'm not ready to talk about this. <laughs> like, I am absolutely terrified. So, that was sure. very good advice. So, being able to ask for what you want, to be able to say, like, and without blaming the other person, that's going to be so critical because you'll put people on their back foot. People are already super insecure. When, when it comes to being naked, already people are like, super on edge and so making sure that you extend it as something you want to do together hey this is a project things can be even better right i'm gonna stop you there that's so interesting (laughs) that speaks to me i love that for all the men out there please do not say to your woman this is a project this is something we can do together yes that's great but there's certain things a woman will want romance they'll want fluffy language yes Yes. So, in fact, let's. So, because this is the talk about. Are you saying that we shouldn't talk about it unless we're in a romantic space? Oh, so so let's go down this because this is as you were talking, I was like, but people are petrified to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Like the actual words of, "Hey, let's talk about sex." People get stuck there. I think you've jumped a bit ahead on like um, how to approach it in the sense of like, oh god, I'm not quite sure. Like you said something that feels very mechanical. But how would you actually approach it? So let's say, I, I, we don't often talk about sex. We yep. obviously do. But let's just say we yeah, don't. We, do. we haven't had sex for a while. Let's just say. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about it. It's been six months. Since we had sex. Let's say. Ooh. Or maybe it's been like there was a that birthday in there. That almost spills into something so else. So let's say there was a birthday in there. There's, a cage, there's things in there, but yep. someone's not completely satisfied. Right. But it's not like with me and you, I can be like, hey, babe, are you horny? Are you, you know, like, it's not as easy for certain people. Yes. So how do you actually approach even talking about it? Okay, so here is my general guideline. So first of all, all the things that I said stand. So you want to... Make sure that you're being direct. You want to make sure that you're creating a, um, 
an open dialogue where the other person's not feeling judged, which will shut them down. Now, when do I do that? Because this is something that actually drives you crazy about me in a bad way, which is that I don't just go full steam ahead. So I go, in my mind, hey, there's this thing I really want to talk to whoever about. Could be my partner. But if, if a significant period of time has gone by and this is an area of real friction and real sensitivity, then I would play it like I would whenever I have somebody in my life where it's like, hey, this really difficult topic has to be brought up. And I'm looking for the right moment. Now, what does it mean to look for the right moment? What does the right moment look like? It looks like somebody who is emotionally receptive where there's real warmth between you and I'm going to have to set aside a a truly dysfunctional relationship where so many things are going wrong that there isn't warmth. So I'm going to assume that there's still warmth, but it's we're just not quite where we want to be on the sexual side of things. So I'm going to look for that moment where our guard is down. That's hugely important. And you can tell when somebody's, as you would say, their back is up or they're really sort of calm, what we say emotionally sober, right? So you're looking for either emotionally sober, just neutral, or something where it's actually, there isn't sobriety, but it's in the warmth category. So you're almost kind of high on each other. You're intoxicated, maybe you just had a great meal. You're laughing, you just watched a comedy, something where there's that real genuine sense of wanting to hear the other person, wanting them to win. And when you sense that moment, that's when you can bring it up. And I'm always looking for something that does a bit of the work for me. So as I was saying, maybe you just watched a comedy, right? And in the comedy, it comes up. Mm. They bring it up or something. And then it's like you use that as you're in. And that's something that we've used historically before we had the tools Um, Our, of course, most famous story is we got in a huge fight and then went to see the movie Rush Hour 2. And coming out of that movie, we'd laughed so hard and we were in such a good mood. And we went from, you know, kind of sitting like this to holding hands. In the movie theater, we were pissed with each other. A hundred percent. And then you can feel the ice thaw, you're holding hands. And then in that moment where you're you're both sort of laughing and giggling about how silly that was and I can't believe how upset we were. And so you look for a moment where you can be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm having so much trouble bringing this up. This is so crazy because you're so amazing in so many ways. And it's probably something I'm doing. So this is me in real time realizing what I would do. So I would take it on myself and say, I'm doing something to create this and I need your help to get on the other side of it. So I'm looking for that moment where there's warmth between us. I'm ideally finding a moment where something else sort of brought up that topic or a tangential topic. Like it could be directly brought up sex or brought up things I find difficult to talk about so that I can segue and be like, Mm -hmm. and speaking of another thing I find (laughs) difficult to bring up. Um, And so those two things coupled with making sure that I'm bringing it on myself, looking for the things I've done to put us in this situation, not pointing the finger at the other person, not doing anything that will make them feel blamed or judged, um, trying to avoid all of their insecurities, and then just asking for help. And I think by framing it as, Mm -hmm. I need your help on this thing, that that combination makes people receptive. That was really good. And I'd like to add to that. 
So the part about saying, what is, what am I doing wrong? I freaking love me and you do that all the time instead of pointing the finger. I also think it will be interesting because as I project, what would I say to you? I think I would come to you be like, look, maybe not in these words, but in that moment, we're either laughing or something's like, look, I really want to be an amazing wife to you. And in fact, didn't I even do this a couple of weeks ago? I said, what am I, what thing am I not doing that you wish that I was still doing or mm. something like that? You have asked that question specifically, which is one of the most powerful questions ever asked in our marriage. But then you also do a more vague version like, of... So, yeah, thank you. So I actually say to you, are you happy in the marriage? Is there anything I can do to improve? Like, do you feel neglected in any way? So I take on the ownership of like, what am I not giving you? Because the thing is, to trick ourselves into thinking we're always giving our partners exactly what they need all the freaking time is absolutely putting blinders on. So I know there's going to be things to every relationship that someone can do better. So to me, it's like, hey, babe, how can I do better? And then the hope is you then ask me. It's like, oh, well, thank you. Wow, you just listened and you weren't defensive. Right? It's like when I said to you, you know, oh, you don't take care of me in the food and I wish you were. It's like, oh, my God, of course. Like, what can, let me think about that. How can I make that work? You see that I'm receptive to the criticism. Criticism isn't the right word. To the improvements I want to make. And then you hope in reverse to then allow space to say the same thing to you. And because you've been receptive to all the things that you should do better, then hopefully that person does as well. What if I don't reciprocate? What if I don't even think to ask? I'm so just amazed. I'm like, oh my God, what a beautiful gift you've given me. Thank you for asking that. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) You used to do this to me with movies. I would always like, we'd come out of a movie theater and I'd be like, babe, what'd you think of the movie? You're like, oh yeah, it was great. And then you'd go on about your day. Right. I liked it too. (laughs) (laughs) So so the funny thing is I know you and I know it's part of your characteristics. So I actually wouldn't take it personally. I would be then like, oh, actually. So then for me, you know, let me just, I'd love to also say the things that you could potentially do to improve on our relationship. Let me tell you that's, that gets real dangerous real fast. Go on. So what would what, you do? Would what, you not then bring it up? I would, but I, I don't know then, I actually know I wouldn't. I would be like, that was a missed opportunity. Now this is, mm. this. remember, this is a relationship that is stressed. Mm. This is not like me saying, hey, here's an optimal way to communicate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because what would end up happening is mm. I would start to feel like I had a secret from you and so I'd be like, oh God, I need this to come up at some point. But I also want to be realistic about sometimes waiting a few days is way better than forcing the issue. When you know that it's mm. something likely to trigger an insecurity. So... Your strategy is great, and if it does get the other person there, it's wonderful. But the second you're like, and now let me tell you things you're doing wrong. The framing mm-hmm. is now, well, you, you have wrong. done this. Yeah. This is a problem. Or, yeah, it's, it, you're setting somebody up in a risky position unless they volunteer. So if you've elicited the, yeah. the reciprocation, it works wonderfully. But if you don't, now it's it gets tough because yeah. you're putting it on them as something that they're... I'm more likely to eat the marshmallow than you are. I'm less patient. You're the... really uh, aggressive with stuff like this, to your detriment. Yeah, so I... And no, look, me and you definitely figure out our communication. So you're right. I probably should have in that situation wait a few days. So I'm glad that you actually said that out loud. One other thing, though, that I would really do 
is tie the emotion to it. So for instance, and you know that I've said this many times before, when we first got married, I was around a lot of women who had been married for a long time, they'd had kids, and all I would hear is the women moan and complain about the fact the guy doesn't bring him flowers, he's not romantic, and then in the same breath being like, yeah, I gotta give her up because it's his birthday. And I'm like, but isn't that the same, right? needs, wants in a relationship, there shouldn't be judgment. If you want and need flowers, you have every right to. If you want romance, if you want and need sex, you should have every right to. And that's one thing me and you don't do is judge each other for what we want. But going back to what I would say is, how does that then make me feel? I don't just say to you, babe, get me flowers. I'd be like, you know what would be so nice? Oh my God, it would make my day if you bought me roses. Like, babe, no pressure. But if you really want to know how to cheer me up, that's how you do it. Keys to the kingdom. Because so people would... hearing you say that are going to be like, that's horrendous. Wow. That is so unromantic. Right, why do you have to ask? Because... I shouldn't have to tell him. He should know me. Right. And I used to be like that. He should know me. You're not a freaking mind reader. Going back to you said it earlier, do I want you to win? Do I want you to succeed in this relationship? Of course I want you to succeed in this relationship. So for me to test you and then wait to see if you succeed or not... To me, isn't a partnership. It goes back to that tennis game that I love the analogy. It's like we're not on separate sides of the, the court. Mm. You aren't, we aren't on the same side. You are next to me. This is a team of doubles, and we're playing the game to win together. So to me, it absolutely is. You've got to freaking get over it. Get over it. You have to get over it. You have to be honest. But going back to, I would be honest with why it makes, how it makes me feel. So it's not a demand. It's not a, oh, my God, you're not good enough. It would be like, oh, my God. Or I'd say... The last time you got me flowers, baby, you have no idea. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I wanted to jump your bones. Now, look, I know you. I know about me saying you don't want to jump your bones. You'd be like, oh, really? Got to get her more flowers then, right? It's like, it's not manipulation. It is absolutely saying the words that I, that I feel that are very true. I'd never lie to you. So I wouldn't trick you and pretend. Can we, can, we need a word, because it, People don't like manipulation. It, and because it's terrible. Yes. So let us use the word guidance. You're like guiding it. me. I like it. You're guiding me in a direction of behavior that will benefit not only myself, but the relationship. And one should want to guide their partner, mm. but guide them to success. But I want to be honest that it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks that you have to tell me that you want flowers, right? It would just be cooler if I could, maybe not mind read, but that I know you well enough that like, oh man, I just knew in this moment, right? That would be better. And so I want to let people know I hear you. I feel that pain. The inner relationship to get what you actually want, to have that long-term bond, to share decades and decades and decades of your life with somebody in a way that is fulfilling and joyful and amazing you have to accept that they are a human that interprets the world differently than you do. And the only way for them to get where you need them is to guide them. Mm. And we're both doing it. And if it's done in the spirit of we're on the same side and we're playing this game to win together and we're going to win together, we're going to lose together, then communication really becomes the key. And I mean, that's why the you know, I mean, the punchline of all relationship advice has already been said, has been said for decades and decades. I'm sure it's been said for thousands of years that communication is key. Now, no one ever takes the time to articulate what they mean by communication. You actually have to say in a way that can be heard, like your intention can be heard, 
the things that you need, that you want, and all of that, and to say it far more frequently and pointedly than you ever think you're going to have to say. And so if you don't, if you have the framework that it's manipulation or if you have the framework that they're dumb or they're not paying attention, mm. it, it is just going to be gut-wrenching to have to guide them. But if you have it as, this is the person I love most in the world and I'm guiding them to a treasure. And I know that they're also going to guide me to a treasure. Then, then it becomes beautiful. And it's like, hey, I want to, just as you've done for me thousands of times, I want to take your hand and guide you to something that's going to be amazing for the both of us. And now, for the both of us. And that's such an inside joke. But I want people to know us. Uh, that is the key. Like when you're able to, which is literally why we call it giving the keys to the kingdom, to tell the person the, the thing that you need and want without trying to hide it, without judging them, without making it their fault or anything. And then the real power is when the person says something and it triggers your insecurities and you can feel yourself getting defensive to remember that it's your job to allow the person to take you by the hand, that they are taking you to a treasure. And you introduce such a beautiful concept to our marriage, which is, does this person love me? Mm. And if the answer is yes, then, hey, I know that there's no ill will. So whatever they're trying to do, I'm going to give them grace and understanding and I'm going to be open and receptive. If the answer is no, then we have a much bigger problem mm. than whatever it is that they're trying to lead me to. God, that's so true. And when I was with all these women that was like, I just have to give it up, like it was a chore. And I go back and I think, how did they get in that situation, right? Because they, no one started there. On their first day, on the second day, the first time they had sex, there, I'm sure, you hope, they've been married for a while, but like fireworks happen. So something has happened along the way. And I always go back to, okay, I know chemistry changes over time. Obviously, we've been together for 20 years, knowing how our chemistry has changed. You know, we literally couldn't keep our hands off each other when we first dated. I went through a bunch of letters we wrote to each other, and all of yours were super pornographic. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say pornographic. Not pornographic, but they were but very sexual. Yes, they were sexually and, charged, to yeah. be sure. So when I go, how do we get here? And what happened was it seemed like these women felt like they were objects. In that, a good way or a bad in way? In a bad way. So he just wants me for sex. Oh, here we go. Okay, mm. it's his birthday. I'm going to have to give sex. And so when I, and when I think about a lot of men are worried about saying to their partners, females, I want more sex, because I think they interpret it in this way of being, I'm an object. Then it becomes this really freaking weird dynamic between the guy's not getting enough, the female feels like she's just an object, she's like, well, hang on, where's the romance? And now it becomes like this really freaking awkward thing where no one can actually speak up and say what's really happening. So what I would say is, what does it make you feel? Like if I was, say to, was to say to you, babe, how do you feel when, not obviously explicitly, but connection when we have sex? the intimacy, we feel more emotionally connected. You look, you gaze in my eyes. Like all these things I think would be very helpful if a man was to explain it, and I am go going very, you know, traditional hetero heterosexual relationship, but for a man to turn around to the woman and be like, you are so beautiful. When I hold you in my arms, you have no idea. Right, you, you, you use language like that. Like, I love being intimate with you because it makes me feel connected with you. I love um, 
having sex with you because, babe, when I'm close to you and I smell you, like these are the things I think a lot of women want to hear versus like, hey, we're going to do it tonight. Oh, it's my birthday. Don't forget. It's, you know, there's just ways to communicate. And I think that if we can do it in that way where it's like, it makes me so happy. So going back to the flowers, I even say to you, babe, when you give me flowers, this is how I feel, feel. Now I go, wow, I want him to feel like that. So then the next day I'm going to put on my bad bitch boots and I'm going to, boots and I'm going to walk in um, because you've already expressed how you feel about it. There was a line, I forget where we first heard it, that for me, it was one of those like pithy bumper sticker comments that I was like, oh my God, I can hang my hat on that for the rest of my life. And it made everything so clear. We've said it before, but I think it bears repeating, which is women need to feel loved to have sex and men need to have sex to feel loved. And I was like, oh my God, that is so true for us for sure. And having the concept of, oh wow, like we're coming at this very differently. And because it's self-evident to me that step one is sex, and because it is self-evident to you that step seven is sex, it's like we're both looking at the other person like, like what are they doing? They're acting so crazy. Like what are all these things that we're doing leading up to this? Like this is absurd. Like why are you putting me off? Are you not interested like in me? Like I feel rejected. And you're like, I, you're coming like, straight at yeah, the same like, time in a minute. What is happening? Like, come on. You got a romance. You got to wine and dine. And it's funny because Sting, who became famous for saying that, you know, he has sex for eight hours. He was like, what I actually said was for women, sex starts when you're like, you're taking them out for a nice lunch and, you know, all this stuff. It's like the eight hours leading up to sex. He was like, we don't actually have sex for eight hours. He was like, but just understanding the female perspective And I thought, wow, that's actually really, really interesting. I think that's an amazing note to end on. There it is. Guys, guys, if this episode brought you value, please, please do subscribe, share, like, tell all your friends. Relationship Theory is here. And until next time. Be legendary. We never came up with anything. Love your partner. Communicate well. Something. (laughs) Do things.